0: What a topic we have today how to be ultra productive here on the career pro podcast we're here with jeff davidson all right answer the question how do we become ultra
1: productive as in most skills and capabilities there's not one single way fortunately there's a number of things that you can do and to start off you'll find that the people that are most productive get the amount of sleep that they need on a regular basis. It's not necessarily the same amount per person. It varies. Most of the studies say eight hours. Some people get by with less and they're perfectly functional. But you start off with the basics. So sleep, good nutrition, hydration, and so forth. All right. Getting past that. Begin to look for ways to capture the brilliant ideas that you have in the course of a day in the course of a week. The late Earl Nightingale, who started the Nightingale Conant Corporation, was uh, a World War II veteran who was actually on the Arizona that sunk in Hawaii. And he used to say ideas, good ideas are like slippery fish, you don't capture good ideas sometimes that idea never comes back. Sometimes you'll have an idea that's brilliant, you're walking along, and you had no way to capture it. You don't have a pocket recorder, you didn't have pen and paper, maybe you didn't have your cell phone with you, or maybe you didn't take out your cell phone, which has recording capabilities, or you could have dashed out an email to yourself. So what you wanna do is set up your environment so that you have the capability to capture any stray thoughts that enter your mind for later review. Never mind whether they can be put into action or not. Your goal at the outset is to not lose them. Why is it so important to capture all of your stray thoughts? Let's say you're a career professional Let's say you're an entrepreneur, let's say you're an executive, let's say you're a political leader, let's say you're somebody uh, running an institution, a university, what have you. The thoughts that you generate on a random basis every day and certainly every week, a day could pass and you don't have one, but certainly within a week you'll have one. These thoughts do not come from outer space. They do not come from left field, to use the baseball analogy. They are a product of your years of being in your field of endeavor, a product of all your experience, all of your observations, all of your learning, all of your trials and tribulations, the errors you've made, the successes you've had. So if you've been in your career for five years, 10, certainly 15, 20, 25, you've got to start recognizing that your stray thoughts related in any partial way to your field of endeavor are valuable. They're valuable. If you're not recognizing them as being valuable, you're letting a lot of good ideas fall by the wayside. All right. So how do you develop this mindset whereby I'm going to start treating my thoughts as valuable? Because thoughts are things. They're not physical hard copy things we can knock on. But they're things, they're entities in and of themselves. They have potential future value depend on a thought. Here's what I do and here's what I've observed from others. <clears throat> the ability to capture your thoughts as you're in motion. If you're driving along, I think that this is really, really interesting <clears throat> because
0: i feel that most of my thoughts seem to come at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and probably they're not that productive, but a lot of the times I've written them down, although I eliminate many, when I picked them back up when I, was a little bit, I had a little bit more sleep, some of those have become articles, become things,
1: and if I didn't capture them, where would I be? So you're driving along, you know you have a 30-minute trip, 60-minute trip. It is safe, relatively safe, to pick up a pocket recorder and record into it your thought and then click it off. Most of pocket recorders have on-off. You can almost do it, ver- you know, voice record recording. On, yeah. I don't advocate you do it through your phone because the phone right. requires uh, more prestidigitation. They're, too dangerous. It's too dangerous, right. The pocket recorder has been meant... To fit in one hand and has been meant to be usable don't even have to look at it exactly all right so let's take my case i drive out to winston-salem see my daughter on a regular basis and it's a one hour driving for many many miles along that drive there are stretches when there are hardly any other cars around especially midday i might get 20 or 30 ideas in the course of that drive now they're not slam bang breakthrough going to change my career kind of ideas generally speaking now and then there's one of those a lot of it's just domestic but think about this for a moment you're marking down that you got to pick up string beans or something (laughs) as mundane as that you're getting all of your ideas out of your head and onto the recorder or you're on a bus, you're on a plane, you take out pad and paper. Same thing. You're writing down whatever comes into your head. And a lot of it's domestic, and a lot of them are mundane, and a lot of them are recurring. But you're getting them out of your head. You know what? Once you've got it in some fashion, on paper, on recording, you're now free to think about what's next and what's next and what's next. Too much of the time, too many people are diluted by everything swimming around in their head that they have to take care of, and they never get to the high order stuff. Now, I have mentioned on occasion that I maintain what's called a super to-do list. My to-do list, and this shocks people, but stay with me here. My to-do list is eight pages long. Only the first page represents the short-term, get-it-done-relatively-soon kinds of tasks. And only the top third of the first page represents the now.
0: And I've seen this list. This is a real
1: thing. All right. Now, the back seven pages represent long-term activities, ideas, things that I would like to get to. And now and then I'm able to start on one of these long-term. I'll bring a short-term portion of that long-term up to the first third of the first page. So even though I have something buried on page six that I want to get to in the future, there's a portion of it I'm going to initiate now. So I'll bring that task up. All of a sudden, I've got a blueprint for the day. I'm entering the ideas that maybe I had when I was driving and turned on my pocket recorder. I'm entering the ideas that I had when I was seated, seated you know, on a bus, plane, wherever, and wrote things on a pad and paper. I enter that into my long-term to-do list, my super to-do list. Some of it might get entered immediately in the short term. A lot of it goes to the back seven pages, but I don't lose an idea. I think this is really
0: interesting because you're saying, instead of us going, oh, good grief, Jeff, putting this down on a a recorder, writing this down, it's just more burdensome things that I have to do if I record all these thoughts. You're saying no. Get it out of your head and on paper. That frees your brain up. And, and that's a different way to think
1: about these things. And you can always cross off something if later you look at it and say, nah, I'm not gonna do that. that I... But but if you start to selectively edit and never enter them, that's where the problem lies. You're editing before you ever entered them. You, you owe it to yourself to at least look at it one more time and say, okay, why did I have that thought to begin with? What's the merit behind that? And you, you always have the option of saying, nah, or not now, or maybe never. Look, I intend to die with most of the stuff on my super to-do list not handled, <laughs> which is fine. I will not outlive my ideas, nobody will, all right? Nobody who's ambitious will outlive their ideas. There's a lot of people who are walking around dead now from the standpoint of having ideas, they just haven't formally passed away.
0: That's tough news and that's a tough message, but what you're saying to me is, is I just wanna reiterate, to get things down Treat your thoughts as things. As valuable valuable things. As valuable things, regardless of whether you're a 60-plus book professional and have hundreds of articles or uh, have a certain title at a company. This matters is what you're
1: saying. Yes. And so what are some of the other things we can do to enhance the capturing of ideas so that we can stay in an ultra-productive mode without breaking our stride. One is, I say, look forward to the blank piece of paper. Look forward to the blank screen. Those are the canvases, if you will, from which you paint your ideas. A blank screen, a blank piece of paper, begs to have something on them. Just let your fingers fly. Fill it with whatever. Maybe it only goes down, you know, three lines. Fine. All right. So that's what you thought of for now. So you look for those kinds of opportunities a blank screen, a blank desk, a blank whatever. Here I come. I'm going to add something to it. Suppose you're taking a shower. Everybody has heard of the Eureka effect. The Eureka effect, named after a Greek philosopher who apparently had figured out that the displacement of water when he got into the bathtub was a way that you could determine uh, atomic weights, and apparently he jumped out of the tub, ran through the streets naked, yelling, Eureka, I found it, (laughs) Or, or so the story goes. But you want, to, you want to profit from the Eureka effect. And so if you're taking a shower, you're taking a bath, hey, don't jump out of the shower. Don't, don't do anything that represents a, a potential harm. You might slip, but have pen and paper on the bathroom vanity. Have it ready so you can write down the idea that you had, all right? Same thing, let's say, if you're in a situation where there's ambient noise in the background. It could be white noise, like from a washing machine or a dryer. It could be the hum of somebody cutting the grass three lawns down, whatever it happens to be. When we're in a situation where there's ambient noise in the background that serves as what's called white noise, it's a, there's a masking effect, mm-hmm. we don't hear what's behind that. That's another opportunity for us to collect our ideas because it doesn't interfere. It's not distracting. Distracting noise would be a jackhammer in the city. That's too much. You're not going to have really great thoughts while a jackhammer is in your environment. But ambient noise, white noise, masking noise in the background, that's fine. Pull out your pad. That's a wonderful time. And some of the ideas that you'll mark down during that time will keep you at the forefront of personal productivity. The great thinkers in the world, the great thinkers within corporations, the leaders, the people others aspire to, the people that others want to have on their team are a fountain of ideas. They're always coming up with stuff. And others appreciate that, even if they silently, or maybe not so silently, kind of, you know, I don't know about that one. But they're not coming up with it. Idea people are the ones that are getting ahead. You want to create mental clearings for yourself throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, any opportunity that you have. It's those mental clearings that enable you to have the thoughts will propel you forward. Now, we've talked about the basics, sleep, nutrition, hydration. We've spent a long time on idea generation and capturing them and so forth. All right, so what else? Follow-up. Follow-up is perhaps one of the things that human beings prefer to do the least <laughs> it's wonderful to have a great idea not to put it into motion requires following up on your idea and actually you know crafting a plan making the action steps uh, assembling resources calling people buying things whatever it happens to be putting it into practice you know salespeople, the most successful ones A lot of people can make the call. A lot of people can get people interested. A lot of people can do all of what's necessary except to close the sale. How do you close the sale? Follow up. You've seen the stories about having to take six no's before you get a yes. You've seen the stories about people who changed their mind after the salesperson came by, you know, for the third or fourth time. Follow up is the key. You wanna be productive. You wanna finish that report. You wanna have that meeting perfectly planned. You wanna have that introduction come off smoothly. Follow up, put your plan in place, get the details. And then after the event is done, what else needs to be done? Do you write a report? Do you use this to make the next meeting, the next product, the next whatever? You've heard the expression, one door closes, another opens. Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. You want to be productive, cross that T, dot that I, take it all the way to the finish. If you have a follow-up report that's due, get it done that same day. So you're free to go on to what's next. A lot of people would do the action part, the glamorous part, the part that everybody else can see, but when it comes to finishing off the report or whatever it is that closes the issue, that one they let go, and now guess what? Those start to accumulate. What are a couple of the things in the
0: world that we can shut out to help ultra productivity? I think the it seems like the enemy to productivity a lot of times is just everything coming at us and us almost not listening to our own thoughts. What else can we do to well,
1: quiet the world a little bit? It's FOMO, fear of missing out. We have to shut off the ringer on the phone. We have to barricade ourselves sometimes for an hour or two, whatever it takes, and unfortunately, all the marvelous, marvelous technological devices that we have these days have just made us more reticent, uh, sorry, the opposite of reticent, more predisposed to keep checking who's gotten in touch with us lately. But the hour stretch, the two-hour stretch, the three-hour stretch that we need in this day and age takes mental and emotional fortitude and people are losing their mental and emotional fortitude if they ever had it. You've got kids, I've got kids. We know that the younger generation are completely inured by the capability to continue to be in touch with whoever will get in touch with them next. They don't know about the world that used to be where people would work in an office alone, in quiet for hours at a time and then come out of the office and then maybe go to lunch. <laughs> or then come out of the office and maybe go home for the day. So the ability to sit quietly and not have to check and see who's gotten in touch with us next. Who's the latest? Did I get a text from so-and-so? That takes that takes some, some real strength.
0: This is very helpful to apply this right now in our lives.